listening to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Revis. And this is episode, I need a drum roll. Is it 18? 19. No, 19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we keep introducing every episode like that. Uh, the WNBA season is underway. It's springtime. It's been very hot here in Toronto. Lots of basketball going on between the NBA playoffs and this. Uh, we're going to start off talking about our early season surprises. Who's doing well that has potentially caught you off guard? Freddie, let's start with you. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, my, my, my first go-to, there, there's a team that's surprisingly doing poorly so maybe i'll just start there actually you know yeah let's start real negative off the top yeah let's start negative right (laughs) we picked last uh, episode our teams we're gonna follow you stayed with the mercury and i Mm -hmm. switched to the minnesota lynx who are four or oh and four so they're the only team in the w without a win uh i have um I mean, just a, I'm just going to take a quick jab here, too, at uh, WNBA League Pass is a hot mess. No one knows what to do with it. It's really yes. confusing. I mean, still support the league. Go buy it. But also, it's weird. It's really hard to catch games it's so live. Glitchy. It's so glitchy. You click one page and it takes you to not where you're trying to go. Uh, so I've, I've been having some trouble watching live games, but I, you know, I'm doing my best to catch all kind of extended highlights sort of thing that said i haven't dug too hard into what's going on with the links but uh transferring to the team that i am surprised in a positive way by uh it's the atlanta dream uh they're three and one um you know i'm not surprised that uh ryan howard is doing good she's the number one overall pick but uh you know, th- this is what I was, you know, I- I've alluded to before. I- I'm really excited for us to be on our second season because we're going to start to, I don't know, vibe with the ebb and flow of the league. Like how long are teams bad for? Uh, how long are they good for? Who, you know, can they, can you go from being one of the worst teams in the league to being one of the best? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, anyways, yeah. So I'm curious, you know, is this just a hot start? But yeah, Atlanta's three and one. They look good and they look like a completely different team than, than last year. So uh, kind of a meandering answer. But yeah, for me, it's the Atlanta dream. That's my biggest surprise so far. I love it. And uh, I was just thinking, as you were saying that, you know, next episode will probably be our one year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So you should do something fun with that. Yeah, we'll make sure we watch the Maya Moore doc. <laughs> I feel like I watch this Maya Moore dog. I have to call us out forevermore until we watch that doc together. Forever Maya Moore. That's right. Um, if you're, uh, yeah, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much. We mm-hmm. have been promising to watch this documentary for, I'd say, four months, and uh, we haven't. Maybe longer. Back. Yeah, we will though. Um, I absolutely love that. Uh, for me, um, first of all, I have to say, I completely agree with you. League pass is an absolute mess. Um, it was hard for me to even subscribe. Like I kept pressing (laughs) subscribe and it just like, wouldn't work. And I'm just like, why won't you take my money? Like it was just, yeah, it was a complete mess. So, uh, I haven't been able to see the games either, but I'm doing my best to catch some highlights. Uh, with that being said, uh, the Washington mystics. Uh, are three and one right now. And I'm super impressed with them. I'm really happy for them. Um, and yeah, they're, they're my surprise team so far, but you're right. I didn't even, I was just looking at who's doing surprisingly well. I didn't even see that your links are Owen four. So Freddie, are you going to, do you want to take this moment to potentially switch? I really, how do you feel? I really appreciate that. But I think uh, I'm going to take the challenge to, uh, you know, not go back on, on, on my, my instincts there. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the links 
I think I've said this on the pod before, but last year with the Indiana fever and, um, you know, to a lesser extent, Dallas, but also uh, the dream, they were like the bad teams. So I, I just didn't watch them that much. So, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with the links. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out what's going on. I'm going to root for them to turn it around. And hopefully I, uh, I didn't pick the worst team in the WNBA to follow, but, uh, <laughs> if I did, I did, you know what I mean? If I did, I did. It's okay. Yeah. You're like, you will go down with this ship. I will go down with the ship. You- you're yeah. going to put your arms up and surrender something white flag. You're in love and you always will be. That's right. Yes. Uh, uh, some type of, uh, I thought you were going to do some sort of pirate surrender the booty thing. I will surrender my booty to uh, Sylvia Fowles. <laughs> um, that I think I took your already weird analogy and made it even weirder. So I thought so, in my, my head bad. I knew all the lyrics and that as I said it out loud, I realized I didn't. Like, Wait, what song were you singing? Yeah, it's that white flags. It's a famous song. Oh, I matter. know what you're talking about. I thought you were literally like oh god thinking so about bad. pirates of the Caribbean just, and just no, riffing. it was like just bombing on stage is what I did right now. Listen, podcast we, form. Yeah, it's you gotta bomb on a podcast every once in a while, too, right? Dude, we're we're bombing for each other. <laughs> And for an audience who we can't see rolling their eyes. So uh, oh apologies to everyone who's listening. We are, in fact, human. And um, that's also not a song. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's move on to another uh, topic before I start trying to quote another song from 15 years ago and mess it up. Um, okay, so there's been a lot of talk about WNBA expansion. Um mm-hmm. There's been talk that the league is currently investigating or looking into um, expansion in some ways. Um, Players have also been talking about the salary cap and Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, you know, there's only so many positions in the WNBA. Every team is allowed to have up to 12 players and some teams decide not even to hold on to 12 players as it is. Um, it's hard to break in. It's hard for players to get, uh, you know, their feet on the ground in this league. Often players are drafted and they get cut from the team and then they have to play internationally for a few years before they can make it back. So people are pushing for expansion as a potential way to extend the salary cap. So there can be more WNBA positions, Mm -hmm. but is this the solution? Yeah, this is uh, an interesting question. And I feel like we were talking, I think, you know, before we started recording that this systemic, you know, issue with, with, with the WNBA is sort of like this, a constant reoccurring theme of our podcast, because it's a growing league, but also there's these growing edges. And I think more money than ever is coming in. Uh, it's, you know, at a peak of popularity, but also at the same time, you know, Engelbert and, uh, you know, I think, uh, the, I guess the board of the league, uh, you know, the, the, the decision makers are, are wary of how to expand, when to expand and, and what exactly to do. And I think this problem is, you know, that's multifaceted, but to me, it's sort of the key cog. And again, we've, we've talked about this before. It's not a new thing for us, but with, with the, with the hard cap of the league, you know, the NHL operates this way. It makes things really inflexible. So when you're experiencing a period of growth, like the WNBA is right now, you are sort of caught and you know, you're caught, you're, you're, you're trapped in this place where you can't pivot as fast as you need to. And, you know, the bargaining agreement, which happened in 2020, goes all the way to 2027. And, you know, people like uh, Stewie, uh, Brianna Stewart have have suggested like, hey, there's some issues you can't wait till 2027 to deal with. And I think this is one. People look at a league that has three rounds 
and 12 players per roster, which is, you know, only a, a max of 144 players in the league. They look at that. And I think they assume that the league is not doing well and is not healthy. And I think that's kind of a fair assumption and a big problem for the WNBA. They need to find a way to address that, find a way to incorporate more money. I don't know, you know, I'm obviously not a lawyer or like a bargaining expert, but they they need to incorporate growth in a way that's more flexible. And uh, they can't just change the league to like a NBA style luxury tax or soft cap or whatever. But Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if the answer is a a long answer on my part, but, you know, maybe if the answer isn't expanding teams, maybe they need to make an amendment that expands rosters to 15 a team or something like that. Because, you know, we go back to the overseas thing. You want to be the best league in the world and you're forcing, you know, some of your best players to go overseas when actually you want it to be the other way around. You want all these players in Europe and, and Russia and China and all over the world, you want them to say, it doesn't matter what I do here unless I you do it in the W. Like I want to prove myself against the best players in the world. And I think, you know, most people would agree it is the best league, but it's still, you know, it needs to be bigger than that even. So but, but like my long answer there is kind of, this is a multifaceted problem and they need to find a way to make an exception to the rule and say, you know, you, you, you can't have all these players that are really good getting cut from rosters so that they can have 11 players. And, you know, I mean, just even thinking about like, you know, you're expanding the, the season, right? It's 36 games now as to, I think last year was 32 and injuries, right? Like, what, there's going to be injuries and, and obviously it's, you know, the quarters are shorter than the NBA. It's 10 minute quarters, but you have 11 players on the roster. That's insane. People are going to get injured. And then what you're, you're, you're showing up every game with like eight or nine players. That doesn't make sense. And I think there's, there's more athletes out there and it warrants. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, bigger rosters is the thing that comes to my head, but I, I think expansion as well. You just need to get more than 144 players in the league somehow. I think what I find confusing is I don't understand how, you know, so let's say you raise it from 12 to 15. I understand that how that helps the teams, right? Like I understand mm-hmm. how that helps your team. Like you said, like if somebody is injured or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, you can run different things and practices or you can do different, you know, but I don't understand how that helps the league. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely am not like a, you know, front office no, person who. No, who that's can... fine. But I'm just saying, like, I just don't understand, like the way I look at this and maybe this is just like a horrible, like capitalist perspective. And I'm not really that type of person generally, mm-hmm. but like. You know, when you're, I'm going to sound like a real conservative and I'm not, and I promise you. How dare you? But it's like, (laughs) when you're, you know, as a player, you're looking to be a part of the league. You're basically looking to be an employee. Mm -hmm. So obviously your perspective is like, hey, we need more jobs. But when you look at the NBA or the WNBA, you own the company the WNBA reportedly loses money every year. Mm -hmm. How does creating more jobs equal more revenue for you? Wait, sorry. Say that again. The the, the league loses money. The league loses. So the WNBA loses. Hold on. I have it. I have it in front of me. So in 2018, it was stated that the WNBA lost an average of 10, loses an average of $10 million each year it's been in existence. Now, they obviously hmm. lost money more recently because of the pandemic. So we can't hold that against them. So this year, you know, with growing momentum, 
maybe they can get closer to a more profitable year this year. But when you think about it that way, just like, you know, I hate being an economics person, but I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. How does expanding, you know, creating more jobs for players equal more revenue? Because this is stuff that we're reading about because we're nerds, not because we're watching the games and we're like, these teams are depleted and they don't have people. And oh my God, like I'm not feeling that way when I watch a game, but I could understand from a player's perspective how only having 12 people per team might make you feel a bit vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I just feel like there's a lot going on because when you think about like ex- expansion, the more and more I think about it, as much as I very much want a team in Toronto, is expansion, does it even make sense right now? Because there's so many teams that started in the WNBA in different cities that aren't there anymore. And we're going to actually talk about right. that a bit later. So I don't want to jump into that topic, sure. but it's just like, I think, you know what you said earlier, Freddie, about renegotiating this uh the the players agreement sorry i'm messing up my terms here but i think that is the thing to do because i you know we've harped on this a lot but going back to becky hammond's salary Mm -hmm. it really makes me suspicious about the WNBA revenue, how things are budgeted and how things are spent and the little value that is given to players in general. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, so the current commissioner took over in 2019. Mm -hmm. And then of course we had the pandemic. So we could see things turn around, but I just, as a complete outsider, I look at this and I'm like, something doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't make sense. And I don't quite know what it is, but I'm like, there's just something here that doesn't add up. Okay. I, you know, I have so many thoughts and you have so many good points. So I don't want to just go in a million directions here. And I'm going to start with like a very specific Toronto example. Mm-hmm. The the TTC, the Toronto Transit Commission, year over year has a record ridership and a record deficit. And it's right. one of those things where it's like, make it make sense because the prices are going up, more people are riding it, and, you know, something's awry. And I think that's sort of what you're hitting on here. Yeah, that's a great example, Fred. And, and I just want to quote, uh, Engelbert, because, you know, in this Washington Post article, I think this is sort of maybe the capitalist angle, right? So she says, uh, I think the conversation about the number of players making teams is also one showing the depth of the quality of the play in this league, Engelbert said. I mean, it's amazing. It's hard to make a team. There's no doubt about it. So from that perspective, it's sort of like, you know, she's projecting this idea of a healthy league. But then at the same time, you know, you have an owner that's like, hey, I'm I'm willing to pay my coach a million dollars a year and I could go way over the player max if you let me. But because of, you know, I don't want to I don't know the details of all the ownership groups, but let's say, you know, Indiana or Atlanta or whatever, Minnesota, maybe their GMs are like, hey, I. I'm not as invested in this league. Uh, I don't have as much disposable income, so I'm not going to pay my coach a million dollars a year. And I don't want to pay max players that much either. And again, I don't know the specifics of those franchises, so I'm not trying to whatever, but I think there's, there's some of that going on here. And yeah, maybe they, they hired the wrong person to design the uh, WNBA league pass. There's issues with merch. Like, to me, it's, it's sort of like, yeah, I, I don't, I think we're learning, right? We don't understand the full picture, but w- when I say expand rosters, I guess my head just goes to, there's more than 144 people that deserve to be in this league. 
And when you include more people, they bring their own brands, they bring more advertising opportunities and they bring their skill and personalities to the league. And it's sort of like you're, you're, you're missing out on that. If, if you're so focused on not taking risks, but again, yeah, you know, you, you know, that's a good point you bring up about like, if the league is losing money, what kind of tightrope they trying to walk here. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. I guess, I guess we'll learn more, but to me. Yeah. I mean, cause I'm all for like, look, like I'm all for like, yeah. Expand it to 15 players, each team. Like, I, you know, I personally don't have anything against that. I think that's great, but there's just so many issues before you can get to that issue. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, like we've, like we've talked even about like, you know, again, like another topic we keep going back to is like marketing and it's like double down on the investment and the players you have, you know what I mean? Like, like there are people in the WNBA who should be more of a household name than they are hundred percent. And it's like double down on who you have. Like more people should know who Kalia copper is. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, I just think there's a lot to figure out before you start saying like, Hey, like we need more positions on a team. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying it's like, I'm not saying no to it. I'm just saying like, there's just so many steps that need to happen before you get there. And it's very fair. And like, how do you bottle that growth? Because, you know, yeah. like as someone who's a, a soccer fan as well, the, uh, the, the MLS, or I'm not sure what it was called before, but it had a history of expanding too fast and actually going under. And I think the, you know, the NLL, the national lacrosse league uh, experienced similar issues. So it's sort of like, yeah. How do you take these new fans? How do you take us? Right. Like we're, we're, we're newer fans where we're doing a podcast for newer fans. How do you take our energy and, and kind of like facilitate that in the right direction and not do too much too quick, but also I think it's, it's, it's frustrating. And when, when you have players that are good getting cut from teams, that also is, is odd. And I think it, yeah, it like, doesn't it, look healthy. If I were the WNBA, my number one priority right now is fix league pass. Fix. Yes. It. That's the number one emergency. Like call people in on the weekend, fire someone, hire someone, do what you have to do. Fix league pass. And yeah. you kicked off your season in a way that made the games inaccessible and you're just shooting yourself in the foot at this point. And, and me and you, you know, uh, it shouldn't have to go to YouTube to watch like condensed games. Like no. those highlights are out there. They're not nine minute highlights. You know, the, the NBA league pass has just a click of a button. Do you want to watch the full game or the condensed game? And you know, that's a small thing, but even, even something like there's the run it back section. It's like, that sounds cool. But, you know, clarity is clarity is what they should be going for. It's like run it back. It's like you, you mean the game's already happened. Just just say that. Yeah. Yesterday's game. People don't but people don't want to watch. Like this isn't like the fucking 60s or 70s. Like nobody wants to watch like a, a game that's happened, like a fucking tape delay situation mm-hmm. like you know, the old like NBA ABL days where like they'd broadcast a game after the fact at a different time or something like nobody wants that. Like also to like, didn't they partner with a streamer like Hulu or something? Yeah. And you know, Twitter and Google. So I think they're like, you know, the Twitter and Google thing is cool. The Hulu thing. I don't understand because it may be like, I, I, I don't understand it because Hulu is not accessible to us in Canada. Um, but I don't associate streamers like that with live events. They're better off just partnering it with YouTube. Stream it live on YouTube with the ads. Why I, the hell That's not? a great idea. Um, Kathy Engelbert, I know you're listening to our pod. Uh, <laughs> Please hire. Seriously, if they're Catherine, partnering with Google, which owns YouTube, that's right. Just put it on YouTube. Do People it. go to YouTube to watch things live. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
the ads will be there. You'll get the ad revenue. You know, maybe there's a paywall. I don't know. But I just think like you want eyes on the games. Yeah. And you want it accessible. So you if want you it know, accessible, yeah. if people are at a party and they say, hey, there's a good WBA game on. You don't want any barriers to them watching it. You want yeah. them to be able to watch it really easily. I mean, League Pass sucks. So you're you've already discouraged people. I mean, it wasn't even that great last year and now it's even worse. So you're mm-hmm. already discouraging people from that route anyways. Yeah, totally. So I, I don't know. I I think streaming it on YouTube is a good idea. And I don't Me understand too. the Hulu thing, but maybe there's more to it than I know. Um, yeah. Oh, okay, let's let's move on to another topic. Uh, we have a Brittany Griner update and mm-hmm. that is uh, her sentence or her detainment, my mistake, her detainment has been extended for an additional 30 days. Uh, there's been talk of a prisoner swap. Mm-hmm. Um, those talks are on ongoing, um, but she's not having her trial. I think it was originally dated for May uh, 20th and then, uh, or somewhere this week. I thought I put it in my calendar and I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's being extended for another 30 days. Uh, the prisoner specifically that they uh, are requesting to swap is this man named Victor Bout, who Mm -hmm. was arrested during a sting operation in Thailand back in 2008 and was sentenced to 25 years in prison in the U.S. for multiple offenses, uh, including, uh, I think it's the smuggling of weapons primarily, Mm -hmm. uh, was the thing. This is uh, obviously outside of our element. Yep. Um, clearly it's so wild to me that, uh, this, uh, quote unquote prisoner swap would be with an actual like criminal allegedly Mm -hmm. like, there's nothing that says this person was wrongfully detained or anything like that. Uh, also we should talk about how the U S has changed um, Brittany Griner's status to yes. wrongfully detained. Um, and so we'll have to see what happens in the ongoing days and weeks, uh, if they're going to be able to make this negotiation happen or not. My feeling, obviously I don't know for sure, but my feeling is, is they want this, um, court date to be delayed because it gives them more time. I don't think we want to be in a situation where Brittany actually shows up to a court date in Russia because I don't think that's going to end well for her. Frankly, she's, Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about the Russian court system, but I do know that Russia is not a democracy. I don't know to what extent, or maybe it technically is, but then the elections are such a, anyway, right. we know what yeah. Russia is. And I don't know to what degree a fair trial actually is in Russia. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah. a fair trial the way that we as Canadians totally. would consider a fair trial. So I don't think we want to be in a situation where she ends up going to court. Cause I don't think it's a situation where she'll actually get to plead her case in any sort of honest or fair way. Um, so I actually think that de- that the delay is good. That's a weird opinion to have, but that's, that's how I feel. I think the delay is actually a good thing. I think that the, the fact that they're actually in these negotiations is a good thing. Um, I have more thoughts, but I'll, I'll stop there. I mean, I, I agree on all accounts and I think that, we you stated from the very beginning of this tragic situation that we're not geopolitical experts. We're not lawyers. No. We don't understand, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Like Russian, you know, the, the Russian political and, you know, uh, you know, we don't understand their systems and we also don't understand what happens behind closed doors between superpowers like Russia and the U S um, but I think the points you said are all accurate. I think that this, the reason I'm happy we've been covering it from 
the beginning is because I think we see a little bit of an arc here, right? Mm -hmm. We see the fact that this is illegitimate and it's, it's great that the U S said it was a wrongful detainment because I think that sort of clears the air for anyone who was like caught up in the mixed messaging of like, well, you know, you should respect the country's laws or you, maybe she did have this like vape pen with hashish oil. It's like, first of all, it's very likely not true. It was probably planted on her. Mm -hmm. And I think that any association of what's going on for Brittany and guilt is, is an absolute waste of time and is totally irrelevant. And I think that, yeah, that's just not a factor. It's not for me anyways. And I think that we obviously don't know the mechanisms happening here, but even the suggestion of an exchange tells me that Brittany is a hostage and yeah. is, you know, is innocent and doesn't deserve to be there and is being used as a pawn. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where all this is sort of making sense in a weird, nefarious way, right? Like when we first started talking about it, there was conversation being had about like, how much of an issue should we make this? Uh, maybe it's best left quiet, you know? And I think that sort of is, is a fair take from, a, from a powerless perspective. Like you don't have any power. You can't do anything. You don't want to put someone in danger. So you don't want to, you know, push the wrong buttons or be, you know, for me and you covering the WNBA, learning about it. This is such a dramatic situation. I think me and you both are very careful about not wanting to be irresponsible here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we're doing an okay job, but I also think we're, we're just taking shots in the dark and we're trying to, you know, I talk about something that um, is scary, right? So there's, there's fear involved, but Back to your original point, I think, yeah, we, do, we don't want sentencing because this doesn't seem legitimate at all. So what is the sentencing for something that doesn't seem legitimate? I don't know. And I hope I never get to know. Mm -hmm. And as far as this particular guy, um, Bout, uh, I, I don't know about his situation. I don't want to. And yeah. I think that uh, if if he's done actual crimes or not, I don't know. And if he gets, if he's part of the trade or if he's just, you know, one thing I read in this national post article is that he might not even be a legitimate trade target for Russia. This just might be the beginning of a negotiation process that we don't understand. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. he might not even be, he might even be like a false flag name. So that part of it is like a whole a whole other part that we again don't fully understand but to me the fact that there's any sort of like movement at all that isn't just behind closed doors in russia is good uh you know the image that is circulating of britney in the wmba orange hoodie uh you know with her dreads yeah. coming through sort of like a sunken pose is so sad and mm -hmm. so horrible. And I think, you know, staying focused on what matters is that she is wrongfully detained and she needs to be returned home and all of the other noise. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's ever going to be super clear for us. And I think, and hope that, like you said, these are signs that something is moving forward in a positive direction. And the only positive direction is bringing BG home. Yeah, that's all very well said. And uh, I agree. And I think like, I don't know, this whole thing's so weird. Just so, so weird. And when I think, when I look back at it, you know, more and more people are becoming vocal about Brittany Griner right now. Mm -hmm. Brianna uh, Stewart's and a big one. Yeah, Brianna Stewart's a big one. She's and... tweeting like crazy because I think she knows. Sorry, I'm interrupting, but no, yeah, please I think... go ahead. No, just that. Like, I get the impulse to be like, let's be quiet and hope that it gets resolved. But also, I don't. Uh, I just, I don't know if that's realistic. 
And I mean, yeah, you don't want to play Russia's game, but it's it's too late. Like we're 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 in their game, you know. It it makes me real like what it makes me feel like is that being quiet from the beginning was stupid. Cause I never understood it. And I've talked about that on this podcast. So it's mm-hmm. like on the record, I've never understood it, but I wanted to respect it. Cause I realized that there's things involved here that are beyond what I know, Yep. but I've never understood it. And now that other people are care are choosing to be vocal. The fact that the WNBA is doing this, we are Brittany Griner thing. It, it feels like a, I, I don't, I don't know how to say this. It feels like a joke to me and it isn't a joke, Mm -hmm. but like, why were we waiting for a corporation, the WNBA Mm -hmm. to carefully craft a message that they did not carefully craft until games started to be vocal about what is happening. I don't understand it. And it feels like a joke to me. I, I totally agree. And, and I think uh, I don't want to put any kind of words in your mouth, but I, I totally know what you mean by like saying it's a joke. It's like surreal and there's not enough logic to it. It's not like a ha ha funny joke. It's like, this doesn't make sense. So what's, how are we expected? We could have been yeah. vocal from the very beginning, gotten a viral hashtag going, gotten people outside of the basketball lexicon talking about this. And, you know, because there's people who care about queer issues who would hop on board. You know what I mean? Just so many people, so many other activists could have been mobilized in this situation. And the silence has silenced that momentum. I agree. And the only thing I'll say to that, like, you know, for any, I think, first of all, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but this has been an issue on our our podcast ever since it happened. So I'm happy that we've, even if it's been clumsy at times, like taking on that challenge. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you listening and caring. Um, And yeah, I'll, I'll also say, I feel like, when there's a victim type scenario, it's, it's, it can be shocking. It can be shocking when there's like, just like poor behavior or violence. And I feel like how we act in response to these types of shocking scenarios sometimes doesn't make sense. Right. You know, people used to say fight or flight. And I think, I mean, I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but I think it's graduated a little bit, right? It's not just fight or flight. It's like appease, please normalize. There's so many different types of reactions to a traumatic incident. And I think that's there, you know, this is a, this is a type of a kind of collective trauma where something that should not have happened, happened. So anyone that is like a fan of the game or, whatever it's like people don't know how to cover this they don't know what to do and they're from a uh they're operating from kind of a helpless place and yeah i think that i mean that's all i have for now but these yeah developments are both like kind of haunting because the situation is dragging out but you know back to your original point i'm hoping slash uh no not slash anything i'm just i'm, I'm hoping for for the quickest resolution possible I want to, I want to sum up what I'm with, what I'm trying to say with this, Mm -hmm. as much as I love the WNBA, I don't want a corporation to lead any social stance or cause. Yeah, totally agree. So it doesn't, so that is why it infuriates me. I know I went on and on about economics earlier, but just like in general, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, you know, Lisa Leslie, God bless her. I'm a pre, I appreciate so much that she said it. Um, and that TMZ actually reported it, that people were told to be quiet because it was just so confusing mm-hmm. before. And now some people are listening. Some people are not. Um, I, I just, 
I don't know. I think we're going to look back, you know, thank, like, thank God there's been at least some positive momentum her way. Hopefully she does come back, obviously. But I think we'll look back at this and think like, maybe we were wrong for that. Yeah. And maybe we'll learn from it. And, you know, I, you know, to, to your point about the, the, the corporations leading movements, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think they, you know, tend to water down movements for the sake of profit. Um, and uh, yeah, it's sort of bleak, right? It makes people feel helpless. And uh, I, that's why, you know, I think my instinct always is to like, listen, you're not going to, you, you have to make noise. When, when something's wrong, don't trust a corporation to solve it. They're, they're, they're not, it's not that they don't want her back. I just think it's kind of like, yeah, like the priorities like, are profits. That's right. And I think they don't want, you know, like a negative storyline. And I mean, yeah, I don't even want to project because I don't know what the PR machine is like for the WNBA. But uh, yeah, I think no one knew how to handle this. And that I'm not making excuses. I just feel like, to your point, we perhaps have lost some momentum and that's unfortunate. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong about all of it, but that's just how I feel right now. Um, okay. Let's move on a segment. We're finally able to bring back now that it's no longer the off season. Mm-hmm. It's the bad ass player of the week. Yeah. Freddie, who you got? Uh, I got two because I got a backup just in case because I feel like there's a chance we'll both have the same player. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, mine's Ryan Howard, uh, the highest scoring game so far, 33 points uh, in her last game. Uh, I, I, I mean, I feel like I often take a statistical approach here, but uh, she's fourth in points in the league. Um, she's uh, almost average, averaging 21 points. Uh, you know, 32 minutes a game, which is huge, right? In a four a 40 minute game. Uh, and you know, Atlanta's winning. Uh, she's a pretty decent field goal percentage. She's she's hitting three and a half threes a game. Um, and uh, you know, getting to the line, almost seven free throws, four rebounds, um, you know, two assists, uh block and a half a game, a steal and a half a game. Like she's, she's coming in the league. Like she's been here for a long time. Like, so uh, yeah, have a backup just in case you're also picking uh, Ryan Howard, but first overall draft pick, like, come on. That's, that's impressive. I love it. I love 22 years old, like crazy. Uh, That's so great that I did not pick them. So I'm glad you did. Nice. Um, I picked uh, Asia Wilson. Nice. Because she is the Western Conference Player of the Week. She is averaging almost four blocks a game. Like, I think that's so impressive. That's She's absurd. Averaging yeah. Almost wow. four blocks a game, uh, as well as a double double with uh, 15 points and 11 rebounds. So she is like absolutely killing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and- three and one. Yeah, they have a three and one record. So they're off to a, a great start, even without, you know, Liz Cambage being there, which we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really awesome. So, so shout out to Asia Wilson. Shout out to Asia Wilson. You know, she was MVP two years ago. So, uh, you know, she's still only 25. And like, yeah, she's a she's a she's a big time player and she's doing it again. Yeah, love it. Uh, now it's time for Freddie's fun question of the week. Take it away. Okay. Well, um, you know, we, we really went in hard on like, you know, the, the roster stuff and the expansion stuff, but this is going to be like a, a little bit, a little bit lighter. Um, because, uh, Kathy Engelbert did say that, uh, you know, it's not imminent, but the league is exploring, expanding to have two more teams. Um, and, uh, we're obviously, uh, you know, Toronto people, uh, Toronto for anyone who's listening Toronto. in Toronto, you dropped a T, but, um, yeah, I, I thought it'd be fun for us to choose two cities that were not Toronto, uh, that we think the league should expand to, 
Um, and I'm just getting my list here. So uh, I usually answer my own question first, but I was hoping you could answer this first. Okay, I got two. I got two cities for you. One, uh, I'm going with Houston because nice. the WNBA has a great history in Houston, and I think it'd be great to see the Houston Comets return to the WNBA. I think that would just be great for everyone. Um, and then the other one is we got to go uh, Honolulu, Hawaii. Whoa! Oh my God, that's a great I wanna, answer. I want to travel to Hawaii, and how fun would it be to just watch basketball in Hawaii? Uh, that is a fantastic answer, uh, and I, I love that. Like your your first one is like, okay, like this is legit. This needs to happen. Yeah. So Second many of answer, these I I feel like with. traveling. You know, <laughs> so many of these I struggle with, but today I was like, yeah, got it. Houston, Honolulu, let's go. Uh, fantastic answers. So. Um, I also uh, had Houston as one of my teams. So uh, maybe we're, we're both onto something. I kind of like took the, I mean, yeah, the historical approach is probably the better answer, but I just went uh, by population because, you know, we're always talking about like sustainability, et cetera. And um, Houston is the fourth biggest city in the U S so uh, you know, from a market standpoint and, and, and all that good stuff, like, you know, the money's going to be there. Right. So bring back the Houston comments. Uh, I, I think that's great. I feel like I might, yeah, my other team was Philadelphia. Um, oh, yeah. because they're the, the sixth most populated city, uh, in the U S uh, that doesn't have a team, but, uh, I don't know your Honolulu answer really makes me feel like I should, have a cooler answer to my own question well you know we've got new york we've got connecticut which i don't think is i actually don't know where connecticut is that's a you know what uh, that's like i'm gonna look that up right but now i was thinking about connecticut and i was like you know they need to lean into like more of like a gilmore girls vibe <laughs> what just like talking so yeah, fast like they should embrace like you know their inner gilmore girls um that's amazing like I, I i want more from that as i look up where the connecticut suns are exactly this is how canadian we are we're like where is we're very canadian so they're in uh uncasville that sounds like that sounds like sorry? i just made up a name that's right <laughs> uh, that's how canadian we are i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> they are in uncasville connecticut where's that Lord knows. Um, UNCASville, Connecticut. Uh, you want to zoom out a bit and see if that's anywhere near Philadelphia or not? If if you're from Uncasville, I am so sorry for the disrespect. I've never heard of this place and uh, I have no, no idea where it is. Uh, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm going Google Maps on this because... Um, yeah, where are you, Uncasville? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm zooming out of Uncasville. Where are we? You know, where are we? This is great Longest podcasting. Zoom out of all time. Why is it taking so? I still, I still out? don't even know what state it's in. Oh, it, uh, it's, <laughs> how how it's, zoomed in were you? <laughs> it's near Hartford. Oh, so it's more like closer to Boston. Um, it's uh, I guess near Providence, near yeah, Springfield. Okay. It is, yeah. Wow. So that's um, more more Boston. So yeah, I guess they're doing a little bit of a, you know, uh, the New England Patriots do that, right? So they're I think trying to capture the whole. Uh, New okay, England yeah. So Philly's a good so answer. Yeah, right. Philly, you know, yeah. There's no there's no team in Pennsylvania, right? So that's a it's a it's a big state. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if the if the female basketball fans will be anything like the uh, male basketball fans or of the NBA, I should say. Right. Because obviously uh, I'm a fan of both. Geographically, this might take away from the, what I was wondering about or you're wondering about Philadelphia, but uh, the Mystics are, you know, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. DC is pretty close to pretty close. Pennsylvania. So maybe uh, from a geographical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe like a random like like a state like I love how for me this is a random state, but like Kansas, like to me, Kansas is a very random state. Sure. 
Kansas like if you're City? from Kansas, it's like that's your world. But for me, I'm like, that's such a weird random place in the world. But something like something like that, like a city that doesn't have a ton of sports in it. Mm-hmm. So and then they have like the NCAA, you know, through like fall and winter. So there's obviously like a love for basketball there. Right. So then and they watch women's and like NCAA too. So then maybe that could translate to women's basketball throughout the summer because they don't have a ton of like teams like Mm -hmm. you know like so in Canada we have the CFL which is like the Canadian Football League Mm -hmm. like the cities that do really well are cities that don't have tons of other teams like the Hamilton Tigers or Tiger Cats uh it's really I love uh, that you're from redundant very redundant I'm not actually from Hamilton anyway from Mississauga uh and then, or like Saskatchewan has a team. Rough Riders, yeah. Rough Riders, and they do really well. Like they really rally behind those teams because mm-hmm. those are places that don't have totally. a ton of teams. I actually think that would be, and maybe that was the thinking behind Connecticut. And maybe that's yep. the that's the way to go. Maybe something like Kansas. I think that's a great idea. I mean, they, they have teams, but uh, a couple other places just looking at the map that come to mind. Nashville, can we get a team in Music City or what? Um, also hold a, hold a tick, uh, second most populated state. Does Florida not have a What the hell? Can we get a team in Miami? It did. Okay. Maybe there's some kind of, I don't know, something didn't work there, but, uh, you know, maybe it's too close. There's so many like WNBA teams that like used to exist that don't exist anymore that I feel like they had a team at some point. Well, and you know, to you know, to, to your point about rallying around, you know, a uh, uh, a place that uh, you know, second home for me that has no professional team, period, uh, is South Carolina. So, right, uh, can we get a team in Charleston? You know, yeah, they, that, you that, that that team would be supported well. Charleston is, you know, they're a big sports place. South Carolina, they they love their basketball, baseball, football, so. Can we get a team in Charleston? How about that? There you go. Love it. Um, Freddie, that's been our episode. Another one in the books. Another one in the books. Thanks for uh, listening, everyone. This was, uh, yeah, we, we went a lot of places, but it, this was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and if people aren't following you yet, uh, remind uh, everyone where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, follow me on Twitter. Uh, or Instagram, uh, Freddie Revis or Freddie Noel Revis, F R E D I E N O E L for Instagram and Revis R I V A S. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled C A T H R Y N. Thank you so, so much, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. All right, see ya.